Luke chapter 1. We're getting really close to Christmas. And I want to look at some of the prophecies leading up to uh, Jesus coming to this earth. It, uh, it was definitely not an accident. It wasn't a, uh, you know, just by chance. It wasn't something that uh, Jesus was born as a regular person and maybe became something else or he was created. I'm glad that uh, Jesus already was uh, and he came to this earth and I'm thankful for that. So uh, I want to start Luke chapter 1 and verse 67. Uh, we're going to read a couple verses and then we will take uh, a few more from this chapter and then we'll kind of skip around at some of the different prophecies. Uh, but I want to I want to look at tonight, like I said, Jesus's birth. It was fully prophesied uh, throughout the Bible, and I'm thankful for that. Luke 1:67, and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, "Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited and redeemed His people." And hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, uh, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to redeem his holy covenant. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would not only help me to preach, help us all to hear. And Lord, touch our hearts. Lord, Lord, help us to apply this truth to our lives. Lord, not just knowledge in our heads, but Lord, uh, let it drive our lives. Let your word fill us richly tonight. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. And in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. 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 So this first uh, chapter of Luke, uh, this is the story of Elizabeth Zacharias. Remember, they were barren, uh, but then they found out they would have a child, and that's where uh, John the Baptist came through, the forerunner. Uh, um, that would uh, his message would be redemption, uh, but Zechariah was told by an angel that it would happen. And remember, he didn't believe it, uh, and he was mute until the baby was born, John the Baptist. Uh, and then uh, there's Mary visiting. Um, or she's visited by the angel Gabriel telling her that she would have a child as a virgin and to call his name Jesus. And once she receives that message, she goes and visits uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias. She stays with them uh, for three months. And as soon as Mary calls out, that baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt or Yes, leapt, and then uh, uh, so that fills Elizabeth with the Holy Spirit, and she blesses Mary. Uh, then Mary gives her song of praise, and then in verse 57, uh, then you have the birth of John the Baptist on the eighth day, uh, and when it times to uh, when it comes time to name him, Zechariah can't speak, so he writes down John, and instantly when he does that, he could speak again, and that's where we uh, looked at the passage tonight. Uh, this is what he spoke, and he. Uh, again, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He is prophesying. And I like uh, what it says in verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. You know, some uh, people, you know, when you ask questions out here, you ask people about Jesus. Uh, and you, especially historically, if you ask people, did Jesus really exist there's not a lot of people I believe on this earth that would say no. Like he didn't exist at all, uh, was never here, was never a man. It was just 
all made up. And the reason is that uh, for that is because, you know, to think about if you were going to try to prove that Jesus never existed, there is a mountain of evidence that he was around. I mean, you don't have to go to just uh, Christian literature. You can go to uh, ones that uh, the Jews that didn't uh, didn't accept him. Their historians uh, taught Josephus. He talks about it. Uh, historians and uh, of all around talk about Jesus existed and our world hasn't been the same. You know, we have changed our calendars based on it, uh, whether they want to admit it's really uh, Jesus's death or not, or his birth or not. Uh, and so they, they try to ignore him today in modern society, or a lot of times they try to create their own version of Jesus, uh, but he walked this earth. He was really here. Uh, and that, that usually is accepted throughout. But the more common argument is the fact that he was just a mere man right that he he was just a man he was born uh in that area and he you know a lot of people will say well he was a good moral man he was a good teacher he was a good example uh you know he was a good at different things like that but they say that he was just a man you know there i think a whole lot of people would accept that more than they would accept that he never existed at all uh so but the bible makes it clear if you look at verse 68 if we look at it again Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. If you skip down to verse 78 in our passage, it says, Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The Bible makes it clear that God visited this earth. That's different than Jesus was born here. Yes, he was born of a virgin. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, but he uh, came down from heaven. This God, Jesus existed before he was here. And he's existing after he's left. He's still alive today. Uh, so Jesus visited us. And I, you know, I, that phrase just really caught me this time when I was looking at it. And I thought, what a wonderful way to put it that makes it absolutely clear that he's eternal. Eternal. And even Job, the oldest writer, said uh, in 1925, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job said in his day, I know my Redeemer is alive right now. He's not here. He's not where I'm at. But one day he will be here. And that, that's the faith of Job uh, that is amazing that you think about. Verse 78, Jesus is the day spring from on high hath visited us. And that day spring is like saying the sunrise. You know, the, that light, the sun that breaks the, the darkness at the dawn uh, begins lighting the earth. And you think about that description of God coming to this earth, Jesus Christ. Uh, he, this earth was uh, spiritually dark. Uh, the, there had not been any words from the prophets for about 400 years from Malachi onward. They had not heard anything from God. So when they stopped hearing from God, they started writing their 
own stuff, right? They made their own rules, their own rituals, uh, their own books and different things like that. That's what got the Jews in a lot of trouble, uh, following those things that they made up instead of the scriptures. Uh, but that, uh, even in a dark spot spiritually, uh, even when men uh, were away from God and maybe just ritualistically following God, aren't you glad the sun rose when Jesus Christ came uh, spiritually and he shone light into the darkness? Uh, you know, you think about him being the day spring is no accident because uh, in the world to come, we're not going to need a sun because Jesus is going to light the place up. And uh, what's the word of God? This is Jesus. This is the word that was made flesh. This is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He lit the place up when he came. And I'm telling you what, this, uh, men love darkness rather than light. That's why they didn't like Jesus and didn't accept him. But here's the thing I was thinking about, you know, speaking of the word. It's hard for us to even imagine the darkness of that time uh, when Jesus came. It's hard to imagine because we have our own copy of the scriptures. We've got the whole thing in our hand. We've got access to it. And it wouldn't have been like that back then. Back then, they would have had the Old Testament only. And uh, they wouldn't have their own copy of it unless you were super rich uh, or you were a scribe and you had uh, maybe parts of it you were copying, you wouldn't have your own uh, complete Old Testament. So you'd have to come in and have somebody read it to you and then trust that they're teaching you the right thing. Praise God, we've got God's word today. Uh, we can look in it ourselves. Yes, we've got men uh, uh, that preach, women that teach uh, and different things like that. But I'm glad that we can get into the word for ourselves. We, uh, he shined lightness into this dark world and I say thank God for that the day spring from on high hath visited us but the second part of verse 7 or verse 68 uh, he for he hath visited and redeemed his people he hath raised up the a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David Jesus was born to redeem his people. He was born to bring salvation. Uh, completely follow the Father's will. Live a life without sin. And fulfill all righteousness. So then he could voluntarily die in our place. Jesus visited us. God visited us to redeem us. Those things are connected. You can never pull them apart. I know we celebrate Christmas now with his birth, but even as we celebrate his birth, we're celebrating his death because that's why he came. They go together. And I think about that. Can you imagine? Remember, this is Zechariah's prophecy. And, I, and you just stop and think about this. Yes, uh, he's one of the priests. He was a high, uh, uh, one of the priests. He was working uh, in the temple. It was his turn to do that. Uh, he was getting closer to being uh, the retirement age for a priest. Uh, and he was visited by an angel. He was blessed. Him and his wife miraculously. And here he's prophesying filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus isn't even born yet. And he's praising Jesus. I thought, my goodness, if he can praise Jesus before he's born, before he's manifested in the flesh, uh, then uh, we can praise him knowing the whole story. Amen. Amen. But what really got me is verse 70. Now, this is not something new or groundbreaking. But look at what Zechariah said. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. Yeah. Right? When we think about Jesus' birth, sometimes we remember a prophecy or two, uh, but he was fully prophesied. 
He, everything, all the details were given ahead of time. That way, when some people say, oh, well, he just happened to be born and uh, he just happened to know the, the law and everything in the Bible and scriptures and he just uh, fulfilled everything just by knowing it uh, and doing each piece himself, that's impossible. Because uh, uh, the, these, some of these prophecies we're going to go over real quick. These are for his birth. He couldn't choose where and when and how he was born. But number one, he was born of a virgin. So King Ahaz was a wicked king. And the Lord wanted him to ask the prophet Isaiah for a sign. Because Syria... Syria and Israel had come together and they were going to come against Jerusalem and the Lord was not going to allow it and promise that. And the Lord wanted King Ahaz to ask for a sign, but Ahaz refused. Uh, in Isaiah 7, 12, he said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Remember, he was being all spiritual when in all reality, this angered the Lord. The Lord did not want him to do this. The Lord was frustrated with the king. So instead of giving uh, a, a sign for Ahaz, uh, in Isaiah 7, 14, uh, it, the Lord gives this sign. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That was the one prophecy right there. And even in wicked King Ahaz, God says, I'm going to give you a sign that you're not even going to see. It's going to be after you. Uh, it's going to be for later. It's going to be for all people. And it's saying that Jesus' birth would not be normal. It wasn't going to be a normal birth. In fact, that's the only virgin birth to ever occur on this earth, and it ever will. And it was a miracle. And, you know, some people will just say, well, uh, because we can't prove it, because, uh, you know, all we have is just the scriptures and we don't have evidence. We, we can say, well, that doesn't really mean what it says. Maybe it just means she was a young maiden or something like that. They'll translate it different ways. But I'm here to tell you, uh, if it wasn't virgin born, then it doesn't fulfill the prophecy. Then the prophet's a liar. Then Jesus is in a lie. And all of it falls apart right there. I believe Jesus was born of a virgin aren't you uh, and the reason I believe is because it was prophesied and then later on in Matthew uh, Joseph is told about the birth of Jesus and the angel says in Matthew 1 and 23 uh, and now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call him name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us aren't you glad it was prophesied and it really happened and when you go through and every time it talks about Joseph and in the King James it's very careful it does not say uh, Jesus's mother and father it says Jesus's mother and Joseph and that is not a knock on Joseph, but the Bible is being clear that although Jesus was raised in Mary and Joseph's home, there was only the blood only went through one side. That's because he was virgin born. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Not only that, he was born in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 
But now Bethlehem at Berthath, uh, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. Uh, so Micah uh, is about ready to talk about later in chapter 5, there's going to be a remnant of Jacob that will be saved. And he's really talking mostly about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, but in the beginning, he mentions his birth. And in the beginning, he mentions he'll be born in Bethlehem, Ephrathath. Uh, and here's the thing, like I said a second ago, uh, if Jesus was a mere man, he couldn't choose where he would be born. Amen. He couldn't, uh, uh, you know, I was born in Northern Virginia and you wouldn't think that. It's just how it happened. I didn't choose that. Most people when they ask and they need what state and I say Virginia, they look at me weird because I've lived here pretty much all my life. Uh, but you can't choose where you're born. Amen. Uh, that's, it just happens. Uh, but aren't you glad that for God, it's nothing. Amen. Uh, because God not only can see the future, I don't believe it's an accident that Caesar Augustus he didn't wake up one day and say all the world should be taxed, right? Uh, he said, uh, I believe God woke him up and gave him that idea. Why? Because uh, Mary and Joseph were in Nazareth and that got them over. We're going to read that verse. Matthew 2, 2 saying, where is uh, he born king of the Jews uh, for which we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him? When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together he demanded of them where Christ should be born this is the wise men coming uh, they went to the palace they went to Herod they asked where is this born king of the Jews and the chief priests without hesitation said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea for thus it is written by the prophet and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judea art thou not the least of the princes of Judah for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel and you think about that. It wasn't an accident that they took that journey. They wouldn't have chosen to do that. It would have been the wrong time to travel. Uh, they would have stayed home to make it easier for the birth. Uh, but God knew uh, where it needed to happen. And God, because God, it was his will uh, and his prophecy. But I think about that passage when the wise men came. Herod was troubled. He asked the chief priests and scribes. And they knew exactly where. But the saddest part is, you think about these Jewish leaders, these religious leaders, it knew exactly where he should be. And I don't remember how many miles, I forgot to look it up, but it wasn't very long of a journey from Bethlehem. And they uh, gave that information and then went about their regular stuff. They just went about their day. They went back home. You'll never believe what happened. All these people had traveled for, you know, for how months and months of time, uh, you know, maybe even a year or half a year or two years almost. And they came to find Jesus and they were so close and we told them where to go. Isn't that the craziest thing ever? Why didn't they go? Why didn't they go? It's the prophecy. They knew exactly. The Old Testament said to go here. None of them went. None of them went. And I thought, what apathy for these religious leaders refused to follow the wise men to go worship their Messiah. It wasn't the wise men's Messiah. I mean, he became theirs, but it was for the Jews. And I was looking at that. Doesn't religion have the same problem today? Yeah. What do we have? We got titles. We got robes. 
We got rituals, we got candles, we got everything else, power, money, everything behind it. Sometimes comforts, you know, behind religion. But all of that, they're saying they're doing it in the name of God, but there's no Jesus. That's what they were doing. That was the problem. So he was born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem. And then after that, remember, the wise men went back another way because Herod told them, hey, when you find him and when you worship him, you come back and tell him, uh, tell me where uh, he's at. And we know the only reason he wanted to do that is so he can go and have Jesus killed, not so he could worship him. That was a lie. Um, so what happens is he wants all of the, uh, the children killed from two and under uh, to get rid of them, uh, to make sure that there's no, uh, uh, no Messiah, no Jesus. Jesus, but Hosea 11.1, 1, the prophet said, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. And he was saying there will come a day when God will call his only begotten son out of Egypt. And you would think that's a hard verse to understand. Amen. It's a hard verse because you're thinking about, wait a second, how, how to get to Egypt, how this happened until you get to Matthew 2.13. And when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. The wise men went back another way after they had visited Jesus, praise God. And the Lord warned Joseph to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt. And you think about that. They could have been warned and they could have went in any direction. But Joseph was obedient and they went to Egypt, just like the prophet foretold. And then Isaiah 11:1, 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch with capital B shall grow out of his roots. Isaiah chapter 11 is describing the coming Messiah. And again, uh, uh, like before, it's talking about his, like in Micah, it's talking about both his first and second coming. And one of the things of the second coming uh, that really touched me, it's kind of, a little off topic, but Isaiah 11, 4, his second coming, if you've wondered how Jesus is going to conquer every enemy, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. He created this earth with his mouth. He's going to take off, he's going to get rid of every enemy with words. That shouldn't surprise us. Every enemy is going to fall by words. Amen. Amen. Jesus is coming of the lineage of, the king, of King David. That's what uh, verse 1 of chapter 11 of Isaiah says. It says from uh, the stem of Jesse. Uh, he didn't talk about King David. He talked about Jesse, which is David's father. Remember, David did not grow up in royalty. Uh, they were, you know, he was a shepherd. Uh, it was a hardworking family. Uh, and, you know, you think about, well, why didn't it say uh, through King David? Because, listen, Jesus wasn't born in a palace. Amen. He wasn't born in the palace. He was born in a manger in, in humble circumstances and poverty. Uh, but it was fulfilled through the line of David. Matthew chapter 1 explains Jesus' lineage. 
uh, first from Mary's husband Joseph in Matthew 1.16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And then Luke chapter 3 has the other genealogy. And at verse 23, it gives the lineage of Jesus through Mary's side. Uh, and it also goes through the line of David. Uh, and as we see, so uh, with Joseph, uh, Joseph was of, so you got David. King Solomon is the one Joseph went through, uh, David's son. And then David's other son, Nathan, was the one that Mary, uh, her line went through. So they're both of the line of David. And Joseph has that legal kingly line. Because uh, remember, King Solomon was going to have the throne forever. And that's hard to imagine right now because he doesn't have the throne. But you're thinking about the wrong king. Amen. Uh, he will take David's throne. And king uh, through the lineage of King Solomon. Jesus came right through there. Uh, and also through Mary's line as well. Uh, but you think about that. Again he could not choose who he was born to. So you think about all these things. Born of a virgin. Born in Bethlehem. Born of the seed of David. A new star would appear when he was born. And when he was born, his life would be threatened and he would flee to Egypt. But eventually he would be called out of Egypt. And you think about all those handful of things were done before he could make any decisions at all. Jesus didn't just merely follow the playbook after learning the playbook. He is the playbook. Amen. Amen. And I was thinking about that as we draw closer to Christmas time. I know things get hectic. I know we uh, rush to do last minute things and things get stressful and everything else. But let's remember that Jesus came to this earth. And I'll go back to the beginning. Zechariah's prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people. He hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world began. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Praise God for that. We can be reminded. And what was interesting is when I was looking at Micah and looking at Isaiah and it reminded me of other spots in the Old Testament that talks about the coming Messiah. A lot of times those prophecies will talk about his birth and his second coming. And they'll kind of put those really close to each other, uh, almost with no division in between. And I thought now, uh, why is that? Well, for the Jew, we're in this time of the Gentiles. That I heard one preacher say, uh, describe really well, we're almost like a parenthesis, right? The, the church age, and when the church is called home, it's going right back to everything he promised for the Jews. So if a Jew is looking at their prophecy, they're seeing his first coming, and then they're seeing him coming again. Aren't you glad? I'm glad we're in the middle working to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we celebrate his birth, let's not forget... That it wasn't by accident. It wasn't by chance. Jesus' birth was fully prophesied and fully fulfilled. Amen. The Jews may have ignored it, but Jesus coming to this earth was the biggest event, like I said, in human history. And this earth has never been the same. Why, and why do men fight so hard against someone they say either didn't exist or wasn't God? Why? Why do they 
why, why you've got a million religions out here, but all of them attack one. Yeah. It's because it's the real one. And I'm thankful for that. We're going to open.